Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. We are Blizzard Watch, the site covering all of Blizzard's many games, from World of Warcraft to StarCraft to Hearthstone to the upcoming Overwatch and more. Uh, I'm Matthew Rossi. I'm hosting, uh, as I usually do. And with me this week, as is almost always the case, are two magnificent beasts of co-hosts, truly the grandest and most terrifying and wondrous of all. Um, first off, Editor-in-Chief and overall Grand High Poobah of the site, Alex Zebart. Alex, you had something to announce, right? Yeah. Uh, did you call me a beast or a feast? A beast. Okay. You know, like like a terror beast or something. It was like I a dinosaur. I behind that. Uh, of announcement, yeah, we're finally putting pushing our new uh, site redesign live, and but the people who are listening live don't see it yet. But if you're yes, they do. ITunes, Go they to do the website it. right now. I'm on a podcast. I'm not going to the website right now. I just clicked um, on the website, and it's very it's pretty. Okay, let me finish what I'm saying. Holy crap! Uh, just go to Blizzard Watch. Look at it. I don't care anymore. Move on. Oh, Alex, it's all right. Who's next? Anne, you're um, here. Hi, Anne. It's obviously Anne. Anne will now talk about things. Hello, Anne. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted because I was, like, really excited because the website looks really pretty right now. <laughs> yes, the site has been redesigned. So head over to Blizzard Watch right now, and you can see our new design that people worked hard on. So, yeah. Uh, Adam, for one, and many others, I'm sure. Uh, Anne, talk. Say things. What have you been doing? What's going on? Um, I haven't been doing a whole lot, actually. Talk about shirtless orcs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Most of what I've been doing, like, in-game, I got a level 3 trading post built so that I can get the rep boost since 6.2 is coming out tomorrow. And you kind of need the reputation thing if you want the flying thing later. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just give myself a little head start there. On the whole, I have to do reputation and grind things thing. And then um, beyond that, not much. I, I kind of got, um, I may have gotten a little enthusiastic about the Steam Summer Sale. I might have gotten more games than I ever need. I might be playing Fallout 4 sometime in 2018 by the time I get done with everything else that I've got. And that's about it. Yeah, I stay away from Steam for that reason. I can't really afford the, you know, massive hit to my wallet of buying, like, 20 games, hoping I'll play them. I, I got, like, two games off of Steam, and that was, like, you know, basically I had to fight myself tooth and nail to keep it down there. So, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, I've been too busy to play anything. Like, um, I bought Grand Theft Auto V when it came to PC. I've barely gotten anywhere in it. I bought Witcher 3. I've barely gotten anywhere in it. I really want to play both of them, and it's just not happening. <laughs> I haven't even gotten happening. I haven't even really gotten a chance to play Heroes since it came out, which is like yeah. it's not I wanted to. I really did. I was interested, but I've mostly been just doing garrison stuff in World of Warcraft and waiting for the patch. Speaking of the patch, the patch will also be live by the time you hear this since it is dropping tomorrow. Um, we should probably do a brief roundup of that before we move on to emails. Uh, this is where I basically let you guys decide if either one of you wants to talk about anything in particular. And then I. So, Anne? Patch 6.2, you get to build your shipyard. In order to get to Janan, you have to build your shipyard. So, basically, what's going to happen is you're going to log in, there's going to be a set of quests in your garrison it's going to send you out to gorgrand you have to do some stuff then you build some ship things and then it sends you to tanan and once you get there there's like a series of 
How many intro quests were there, Alex? It was like a handful. Um, it was a handful. It, I, there was actually not many quests, but they seemed to take a while for me, because one of them was that Apexis-style objective. Right. And the thing even is, after is I like, completed like picking up the things I needed, I still had to kill a few more orcs. Yeah, once you're once you're actually in Tanan, you just pretty much there's like a lead up thing where you have to destroy some cannons and launch some attacks and then you have to found a settlement. A little settlement, not like a big one or anything like that. But once that's opened up then you've got flight paths and everything so you can actually get there and get back yeah. to your garrison. I've been reading people say, Oh, you can get to Tanan with Aviana's Feather without doing all those quests. Well, you can get there, but you can't actually do anything until you, you do You have to kind of unlock quests. everything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean... Is it similar to the intro through. quests? What was that? Is it similar to the intro quest when you first come through and, like, when no, you're level 90? Shorter. No, it's, it's a lot shorter. It's shorter than that. So it's like, more um, like a timeless aisle? A little Kinda. bit, yeah. Um, it's basically, you have to go to the Iron Docks and... Get an Orcus ship right and bring him back to your garrison, and then you build the your your shipyard. And he goes, "Oh, even though you recruited me because I'm some super amazing shipwright, I don't know how to build ships. Talk to this night elf instead, or something to that effect." So I don't the know why we like went right to there. Because <laughs> if we had this night elf guy the whole time, like what the hell did really dock for? You guys wanted ships? Oh, oh, ships! I was completely mishearing that P. You 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 don't pronounce that P right. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help you because I thought you wanted something. I really I'm I'm not I'm not into that. But no, I totally yeah. can build a ship. Ships I'm good at. So yeah, okay. <laughs> and you make your first ship, and you go across with like Urel and some soldiers, and then you it's pretty much a straight shot to your first quest hub. What is the so, Draka? Uh, yes, it's uh. On both stages of the intro, the very brief stages, for the Alliance, it's Urel in both places. For the Horde, it's Durotan in the first one, and then Draka in the second one. Yep. Do, do, does he make the ships for the Horde, at least? Or does he say, no, I can't, but that orc over there knows how? I, I don't know about the Horde. I, honestly, I don't remember if it was him or if he had somebody else do it. Oh, you know who he need to talk to is, is um, you know, Yarnmaster Grawl. Hi, Nitter of Orgrimmar. That dude makes a heck of a ship. I, I do? Yes, he does. Messed yeah, up. The whole Iron Docks detour seems silly when he goes, no, I'm not making the ships. This guy is. And he was probably in your garrison the whole time. Well, maybe he makes ship. Maybe he makes shipyards. He's, he's good at making shipyards. He's, making, he's good at making the houses for the ships, just not the ships to put in the house for them. I mean, he although be a shipwright, he'd be a shipyard right. What's really messed up is I've been to Stormwind, which has an extensive shipyard. Yes. So why didn't they just get that guy? Oh, Barros did that for us. Wah, 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 wah. Man, I'm still mad about Barros. Anyway, okay. So once you get to Tanan, and include besides the new raid zone, of course, you know there's there's a lot of open content to do in Tanan. I'm, I'm, yeah, there's treasures, there's rare spawns, there's three different reputations, which uh, so one of them is uh, like based around killing rares, but the other is a little more traditional daily quests and that kind of thing. Okay. Yay! So it's, it has some Timeless Isle elements, but it does keep some of the, tr- the traditional questing in places, too. Okay, alright. So is it have you done much of it? Do you, what do you, what's your thoughts on it? I have not done very much of it because by the time it actually hit the PTR, which was like 
three months after the patch had been on the PTR. I was very busy with the Heroes launch and such things, so I haven't got to do as much of it on the PTR as I'd like. Okay. I'm so, just yeah. looking forward to seeing yellow exclamation points again. And how many pets? Someone was really excited on my friends list. They added something like 28 new pets. Yeah, there's a ridiculous number of new pets. Okay. And there's a bunch of legendary pets. There's a bunch of pet battles. There's a bunch of there's going to be a bunch of legendary pets. Um, well, to fight. Okay. And then there's uh, if I remember correctly, is it one or two? There's one or two new vendors that pop up in your garrison, and they have a bunch of new pets there too. Um, and there's new stuff that you can buy with your pet charm. There's a lot of pet battle stuff in this one, which I'm kind of looking forward to because I've just been kind of stowing these pet charms and not really doing anything with them so I can get some cool new pets out of it once it launches tomorrow. And I'm excited about that. Cool. And, of course, there's the raid, Hellfire Citadel. Um, we've been waiting for this one for, I guess, since the game launched, really. We wanted to know. What you know? What the next step is after you fight the Iron Horde for a while? Um, and we found out. Uh, it turns out the Iron Horde gets really, really gross. Uh, what gets me, like, I don't know if you've seen the cinematic. Obviously, you know, you're probably if you're interested in World of Warcraft, one would hope you've seen the cinematic for Patch 6.2. One of the things that really gets me is how it reminded me of um, Shadowmoon Valley in in BC. Kind of a little bit, yeah. Specifically, the you know part where Gul'dan shows off by by picking up a giant volcano. Yeah, it was very similar to what he does at Hellfire Citadel when he makes the you know giant spikes come up and rip the roof off the place. I gotta say that's got to be the worst you know c- Citadel engineering I've ever seen. Ripping the top off the place is not usually what people do when they're fortifying a location. But well, you, you know, you don't just... put your fortress's head on a pike. Yeah. <laughs> But also, I guess you don't, um, you know, the, the, the moat of green ooze is probably pretty effective. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't look like something you'd want to step in, so. I don't know. Unless I'm, you're on a 1990s Nickelodeon game show, in which case, bring on the ooze. <laughs> Gul'dan brings a whole new, you know, whole new thing to, you can't do that on television. I don't know. Yeah, never say I don't know around Gul'dan. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> And now, Gorefiend. You definitely can't do Gorefiend on television. <laughs> oh my god, he's got mouths coming out of his stomach. Why do you do that? Because it's horrible, that's why. <laughs> I get to indulge my Gul'dan crush. At this point, I ought to just be in a sitcom where I move in with Gul'dan and just like, you're so awesome. Oh, it's sad. Let's All right, rename but, the show. <laughs> what, Gul'dan Watch? The Gul'dan Power Hour. <laughs> it's the new Gul'dan review coming right at you. <laughs> I, I'm at this point. I want to move on to the next expansion, so Gul'dan is gone. Oh, the worst part is he's probably going to be all over that expansion. Oh yeah, he will. <sighs> We're never getting rid of that guy. I mean, I don't. I honestly, I kind of agree with you in that I hope that he actually dies in in, in Hellfire. But at the same time, it feels like they've learned that that's a huge mistake. Like they they he's go not- through. I have so many theories about what's going to happen here, and I'm going to write about some of them he's for not Friday's. Even a boss in there, is he? No, but he's, no, he's, he's not. He's involved in a couple of fights, I think. I and think he's, he's when you when you finish the legendary. Obviously, the last leg of the legendary quest chain is also in this patch. Um, you're supposed to go confront Gul'dan. It says defeat Gul'dan, I believe. It doesn't say kill Gul'dan. 
And when they when it specifically doesn't say kill Gul'dan or or guild Gul'dan slain or you know if if it doesn't reference killing, then I'm saying uh oh, Outlook doesn't look so good for that whole we're going to get rid of Gul'dan thing. I just they're not going to flat out say yeah we're going to kill that guy. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to we're going to have Gul'dan around for a while. I'm okay with that. Isn't there an, uh, something with, in the armory? Um, or the, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Cargath in High Mall. Um, he his. I'm sorry. When you, <laughs> I am too. When you beat most of the bosses in this game, right? It says you know times you've killed X boss or whatever. Right. Except when you don't kill them, it's defeated. Cargath is listed as defeated and not killed because at one point in development, I believe he like bailed out on that fight before he died. Maybe he, but he still dies, does. But he doesn't he die now? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe his death isn't all that permanent. I mean, we see maybe him die. Maybe it was die. just a setback. Yeah, <laughs> it says it says defeated instead of slain or whatever. Maybe it was oh. only a setback. At this point, though, as much as we could keep speculating about this all day, and I do think that they've learned that they killed villains off a little too soon, and then they don't have them to use in the future. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But we should move on to emails. Um, as is always the case, if you have an email to send to us, uh, it's send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We try and answer as many as we can. Sometimes if we run long on a show, we'll bump an email up for the next week, which is the case this week with our first email. Um... This one is from Doc, uh, who pronounces his name Doc, and I actually like the pronunciation guide here because he spells it D-A-K-H, and I would have pronounced that Doc or something, because that's just <laughs> my brain works. Like, oh, that looks like something an orc would say. And to me, <laughs> that or- looks like Klingon. <laughs> to me, everything orcs say sounds like they're swallowing it, like Doc, Loktar. Like, you know, I, I, I got a lot of phlegm. Arr. Being an orc means having lots of phlegm. Anyway, uh, hello, Blizzard Watch. A question that has always bugged me about the original Dark Portal in Outland, what race were the template for those giant cloaked figures that stand eternal watch over these structures? Their posture seems to eliminate orcs from contention, so I'm guessing it is one of the Legion races. Eridar, perhaps? I'd be delighted to hear your theories on this mystery. Warm regards, Doc. Um, Doc, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's ever been said. Nope. I I think think it's just... Blizzard just thought those looked really cool when they made them. Back when and now they it's made stuck the first game, and now they're yeah. stuck with it. They're just there. Well, I don't even think the original Dark Portal had them. I think that they're from, like, Warcraft 2. The original yeah. Dark Portal looks just kind of like, you know, just there. It was a block. Yeah. Like a gate. A block gate kind of type thing. Yeah. Then again, and then of course- they added the figures in the robes because it was like, ooh, mysterious. Ooh, there's cool things going on. But did they actually like have any sort of reasoning behind them? No, they just looked really cool. That's what the, that yeah. was the reasoning. <laughs> I mean, th- there are some of these situations where sometimes they wrote out some silliness from the first Warcraft games because they hadn't solidified like what Warcraft is, and in some cases they just kept it as a legacy. Like those hooded figures are just legacy from then, but they stopped mentioning, for example. Angels and devils and heaven and hell. Those aren't Warcraft things anymore, but in those first RTS games, they definitely mentioned those things. Well, for that matter, the very first RTS, you came from Stonewind. Yes. And the entire... It, it wasn't The planet wasn't called Azeroth. Azeroth was the kingdom you fought for. 
Yeah, that's yep. why you got very strange things. Like, technically, the Eastern Kingdoms wasn't like um one of the kingdoms was Azeroth, and then they expanded it to the continent was Azeroth, and then the yep. world was Azeroth. Kind yep. of, yeah. Azeroth was Azeroth used to be the like uh, King Lane. He was the king of Azeroth, and Varian was prince of Azeroth. You know, it, it was like. The capital of Azeroth was Stormwind. It wasn't even Stormwind yet. It was Stonewind. Was it Stonewind at that point? Yeah, it was Stonewind. There was Stonewind Pass and everything. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where but I don't know if it's... it's evolved over time because the yeah. world's grown pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if you lived on Azeroth, your address would be Azeroth, 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 Azeroth. That's where you live. <laughs> like New York, oh. New York. But yeah, so basically, yes, we don't. Those statues are just cool, evil-looking cloaked figures. That's it. I mean, you know, go ahead and speculate as to what they are. They could certainly. Here's the thing, though: orcs can put on cloaks, and from what we've seen of when Garrosh wore a cloak, he didn't. He didn't look like out of place in it. It didn't look like you know, look at that hunchback in a cloak. Orcs, they they hunch over, but it's not you know to the point where they make cloaks look bad. No. So. You know, I don't have to tell you. Maybe it's trolls. Turns out this entire thing has been one big troll raid the whole time. It's been one giant troll raid. But yeah, uh, no, at this point, we they, they're, just, they're just cloaked figures. Okay, second email uh, is from Blood Guzzle. Blood Guzzler, my apologies. Night Elf Rogue, Nazgrel US. Man, that's, that's an evocative name there, Blood Guzzler. I gotta give you credit. You're not kidding. I would have uh, I would have assumed that you were a Death Knight, but Rogue, it works for a Rogue, too. Okay. I'll take hey, it. Hey, Watchers, uh, during your discussion of the potential 6.3 patch during last week's discussion, it got me thinking, do you think Farallon originally promises a patch content zone during BlizzCon could resurface as a potential area for content if 6.3 happens? Also, if it does, what form do you think it would take? Love to hear your thoughts, Blood Guzzler. Uh, it could happen, sure. Uh, I don't I would know. Love for it to happen. Yeah, I I think you know we'd all probably be pretty excited to see what Netherstorm looked like before it was all nethery and stormy. I mean, well, Don's going to lift times. it in the air and he's going to cover it in felgu, and he's going zones, to deliver it to us. <laughs> the two zones I really wanted to see in Warlords of Draenor: Farallon and Zangermarsh. And um, well, one of them's an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> isn't really in game at all. Yeah, and, you can kind of uh, ride Farallon up. isn't in game at all. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd like to see Farallon because one of my favorite um, moments from the original uh, when it was running the Burning Crusade was there's a quest that takes place in Farallon that like runs you through all the Nether Forges and eventually you end up confronting the original Sakrathar. And it's one of my favorites, and I've always liked Farallon as a result of it. Uh, especially when you get to the village of Farallon, which is this... The, Farallon was actually... There was the fields of Farallon, which was the whole area. Then there was the village of Farallon, which was like smack dab in the middle, and it was just this little Draenei village. Farallon was very heavily Draenei occupied. Like, there's all Draenei ruins all over it. And we know very little about how it looked. Um, even Kirin Var village is built after it got blown up. Whereas... The original look of it, like, did it have did it have rivers? Did it was it a series of islands? What exactly did it look like? We really don't know much about it. So yeah, I'd I'd have totally have been down to see it. And if it happens, uh, I think as much as I hate to admit it, 
I think Anne's joke actually kind of probably will come true to a degree. I think if if we're going to have a patch 6.3 and Gul'dan isn't dead for some reason, uh, which, you know, if he is dead, how are we having a 6.3? What the heck are we doing? What we just fought off Archimonde and Gul'dan's dead, but we're gonna what what go what are we doing in six point three? What's left? Yeah. So yeah, if six point three happens, I think Gul'dan will be continuing his evil shenanigans, and if Farallon was involved, he'd be doing evil shenanigans there. Because if Gul'dan's proved anything, the guy is he's like the ultimate pack rat of evil. Like he will send people off. Like I've heard there's possibly a magical artifact here that might be useful. Go get it. Like he will totally do that. Didn't isn't that how he set up like his first his big two lieutenants? He immediately sent off to like get magical artifacts. Like one was supposed to get the souls of the the Draenei and the other was supposed to get uh, a a dark Naru. Yeah, like that was the first thing he did. So this is not a guy who's particularly subtle. Um, oh, well, then again, Hellfire Citadel kind of like yeah, not a guy who's particularly subtle. He set the entire thing on green fire. I mean, come on. Dude is not, you know, hiding himself, so... Yeah, I just... Uh, I just continually, like, I don't see how 6.3 can be a thing. Like, whether Gul'dan's alive or dead, I mean... Yeah, it does, the it's game like... systems, like, loot and uh, garrison stuff, like, it all seems like they pushed it to where the expansions normally end. Like, we've hit that point where the loot starts getting really crazy... And they started putting in, like, the intense catch-up mechanics like we're seeing in Tanan. That stuff usually signals the end of the expansion. I, I so, agree with you. I, I don't... I don't you know. And, you know, we don't have... As people have pointed out, we, we have him saying there's more story. But we don't have anyone specifically saying there will be a patch 6.3. So, your guess is as good as ours. Um, all right. Next email. Uh, this one is from... Curly from Sisters of Alune, US. Huh, that's where we do our leveling stream. And where I played Horde. And where Anne played Horde for a while. Hi, Sisters of Alune. I kind of expect the name to say Sisters of Alune is partnered with my server. Yes, so. your server is CC. Um, we all have connections to Sisters of Alune. It's kind of strange, actually. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Hey there, I've been a listener since the old show that will not be named. I love the dynamic between the hosts of the show. This is the most informative and intellectual fan-based podcast that I've listened to since ever. I tip my hat to all three of you for doing so. Well, thank you. If I had a kazoo, I would be playing it for you. This podcast in particular, today's episode, is probably a very bad example of this because I think we're all very tired today. Yep. (laughs) As you can probably tell by all of the dead air we're having today. Uh, there's one thing I've noted throughout the show. Whenever Diablo 3 is mentioned in previous shows, maybe it's unintentional, but it sounds like Diablo 3 hit the mark of nearly everything that World of Warcraft should have done properly. Uh, a couple of examples are transmogging gear and balanced characters. Uh, I would like to know what your, your thoughts on this subject. Also, if you have the time, I have a, long, a lore question. Who's Vanessa Van Cleef's mother? Thanks for taking the time to read this email. Uh, Curly from Sisters of a Loon. Okay, Vanessa's let's... mother is Mrs. Van Cleef. I don't think we ever... It's another case of Blizzard kind of doing a Disney parents thing where it's, you don't... It's just, you know, she she was Mrs. Van Cleef, probably. <laughs> uh, we, we don't know who she was, what her name was, just that, you know... Uh, obviously, Vanessa has a mother because we don't think Edwin Van Cleef has the ability to, like, birth daughters Did from his skull, pay? like Zeus. He does, like, budding. <laughs> I don't know. 
but yeah, we we know very little about her. Uh, we we've never you know we don't know that much about Vanessa really. Like you know, we kind of know where she was for five years after her dad died, but we don't really know where she was you know for the previous like I don't know how old she even was twelve or so when he gets killed. She was she was on the ship with him. We know that because she yeah. came out and said daddy and then she saw his headless corpse and that was a delightful bit of storytelling let me tell you yeah i think she was only a teenager when yeah she had to be old enough she had to be old enough to be like you know near adult five years later i think she was like 12 so she was like 17 when she starts on her vengeance path something like that but i'm not 100 percent of that we we don't really know who her mom was sorry as for the Diablo 3 thing, I, I don't think we can argue that Diablo 3 is even trying for balanced characters. Like, character balance is not what they're going for, uh, which is fine, because it's not a game where it matters. Uh, it, it's a game where, you know, if your character is ridiculous, that's fine. Just go out and be ridiculous. Uh, and it's very much about collecting the best possible gear and just getting more and more powerful and smashing more and more stuff. So... But in terms of stuff like transmogging and, you know, armor dies and the fact that you can die a piece of armor to be invisible and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd like to I'd say that straight up. I think that Diablo 3 has a lot of stuff World of Warcraft should be stealing. I think I've said this much before that, you know, they should steal the transmog system and so on. And the, and the way that they handle the way they handle like storing items for transmog, like once you've gotten an item in Diablo 3, it's in your transmog library. You don't have to keep it. You can sell it. You can get rid of it. And you'll still have it in your transmog library and you can use it to transmog things with. I, I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You for, want to know the ca- funny part character. about that, though? Sure, tell me the funny part. The funny part about that is that even if I had the ability to catalog my gear, there are still some pieces of gear that I don't think I'd throw out. I'd still keep it. Oh, yeah, it's me too. It's important. But- yeah, I agree with you. Um, I just mean it would be nice that if, if I had deleted a piece for whatever reason, if I could still use it to transmog. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like tier sets and stuff where it's like it, I would chuck that. But like there, there's certain there's certain pieces of gear from like different quests that I've done or whatever that I was like have a certain memory or something associated with them. And I would just hang on to them just because that's what I do. I'm weird like that. I'm a little I, – I'm a – I should be on an episode of Azeroth Hoarders or something, probably. Well, for me, anything I ever got that you can't get anymore, I would never get rid of. But also, yeah, there's, there's, there's... I think we should that. do that. What? Azeroth Hoarders. Okay, get to work. I, I should just... Let's just record, like, me with somebody on staff and tell them why don't they don't need all that crap. <laughs> and we'll look at your bags and go, really, we don't, huh? <laughs> an hour of my explaining to you that I really need the full stack of really sticky glue that you can't get anymore because you can't get it anymore and I might need it someday. My <laughs> warlock has those flame pillars from Darkshire that do zero damage still. So Yeah, so does my my yeah. I mean, they gave zero damage they did zero damage at the appropriate level, so I don't even know what those items are supposed to do. <laughs> I don't know. But they're amazing and I love the tooltip, so you know. I used to have the the key to Searing Gorge, and it's, you can't get it anymore, unfortunately. That's what I really when they got rid of keychains, that actually bummed me out because I had all these keys. You want to know the one thing that I'm really mad about, right? Okay, before Wrath of the Lich King, 
there was a series of intro quests that you did where you talked to Putress. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And yeah. one of the things that you did was you went and you collected this thing called a dual plagued brain. And as long as you had that brain in oh, your yeah, bags, it would whisper at you. It said weird things to you. My undead priest had that brain all the way up through Cataclysm. And then I race changed her to a Torin for a guild achievement. And when I did, I lost my brain. It went away. Oh, and I it, couldn't get it, it back wiped, again. Wiped the quest. Because it wiped the quest. And I was like, no, my no, that thing was great. And yeah, I don't have it anymore. I was really sad. And the other thing is, like, after the wrath, some, somewhere in the middle of Wrath of the Lich King, all of a sudden the brain stopped talking. Like, it didn't do that little whisper talk to you anymore. I sent it. <laughs> I actually sent in a ticket about this. And I was like, my little friend is not speaking to me anymore. I don't know what to do about this. And the guy replied in character, and it was really funny. <laughs> Cool. Anyway, before we stray too far from the question, um, I, on character balance in particular, uh, like Rossi said, the Diablo characters specifically aren't balanced. It's just like a smash fest. Yeah. And to drive that point, they decided to get, like, they planned and hyped and pitched and revealed, like, PvP for Diablo 3. And then they went, never mind, we're not including PvP. If we do, we have to balance it. So, never, so forget it. No, we don't want you to smash each other. We just want you to smash everything else in yeah. the world. PvP, you know, even though they're trying, like, one of the things about World of Warcraft, and I've, I was watching actually an email, a tweet, a tweet, a tweet exchange between Brian Holinka and Bashiok the other day when they were talking about this. PvP is is part of WoW as a, as a whole world experience. PvP requires you to balance itself differently, and people you know people actually get like upset when other things take away from PvP or where PvP takes away from other things. But think about it: um, if they didn't balance PvP against itself, there'd be no way to really play it. There would be like one or two classes that would always win, and that's pretty much how Diablo would be. Like you know, range classes in Diablo have a lot of ways to stop things from getting up to them because when things get up to them, it's bad for them. And so that, you know, for instance, the, the wizard can, is this a wizard in Diablo three? I believe yes. it's a wizard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she, she can do a lot to stop things from getting at her. I say she, I know they can play male or female, but I never see a male wizard ever. Um, you can do a lot to stop things from getting up to you because once they get there, it's real bad. Like, you know, there's a lot of, ah, God, get away from me. Whereas for the Barbarian, you know, come, bring it in. Bring it in. Big hug. I'm going to spin around a lot. And then I'm going to smash the ground a bunch of times. And you're going to die. So, yeah, come on in. Come in close. Get real close. I want to whisper this to you. Bone Storm. No, I was going to okay. Bone Storm. I wasn't going to yell. you are genuinely going to yell. And I was terrified. No, 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 no. I was going to whisper because, you know, I said... But that's the thing about Diablo 3 is it's not a game that worried a lot about kind of balancing. So, yeah, that, WoW definitely doesn't need to steal that. It needs to steal lots of other stuff, though. Um, all right, next email is kind of long. Do you guys think we should try and do this as two parts or what? Um, well, yeah, I think we should answer the first question and then answer the second one. Yep. This one's from Dreaming of the Q. Uh, hi, guys. They're on Esingwary. Um I actually have a warrior in their guild, but I never play it because I have warriors everywhere. I lose track of where I put them. For me, warriors are my I like my keys. 
you know, where I'd, I'd be like, where did I put my keys? Oh, right, on Nesingwary, right, that's where I have my keys. So, yeah. Hi, uh, number one, what's the lore reason behind the Druid Balance spec? Druid Balance powers radiate between both the sun and moon, which also happen to be the key sources of the light for Torrens Anshe and the Night Elves Elun. But channeling the light doesn't seem like it should be part of the Druid toolkit, as their major powers are drawn from the Emerald Dream, which is, you know, Titan in origin, not from the light. Could this be a connection between the Titans, the Light, and the Burning Legion, though the corruption of the Emerald Nightmare and the power granted to Xavius by Sargras? Do you think the balanced druids uh, who become out of balance would become void-touched? Alex, do you get something to say since you just jumped in there with a you know, <laughs> little swear there? That question, I didn't swear. I said jeez. Yeah. That just got a little crazy. Okay. I mean, it's well, like you... one of those things when somebody's describing a book and it's like, Oh, that's a little bit Firefly and a little bit Star Trek and a little bit, and they just like list every single nerd thing, and it's it's about nothing. Gotcha. That's this question. Okay, well, <laughs> since you don't actually have an answer, I'll turn to Anne. <laughs> it Anne. lost me. I'm sorry. Um, I don't really know. I I don't think that there's like the corruption of the Emerald Nightmare. That was an old god thing. That is wasn't that, a burning legion thing. Xavius was involved, but he wasn't. It wasn't in in role of part of the legion. He was just there. It, he was there, and he had been like. It's one of those things where you have to read Stormrage, which is not the best Warcraft novel. It was okay, but um, it explains the whole Emerald Nightmare thing and what happened with it. And there was old god involvement there. It really didn't have the whole Sargeras thing. That was back during the War of the Ancients, and that had nothing to do with the Emerald Dream. That if you was get, purely Burning Legion stuff. If you want to get fancy with Xavius, what happened to Xavius was, back during the War of the Ancients, Malfurion turned him into a tree. Then Malfurion yeah. blew up the whole world. Yep. When he did that, Xavius ended up sinking to the bottom of the Maelstrom and got to the Emerald Dream somehow, I forget how. And old gods and other yeah. things and yeah. stuff. So yeah, that that whole thing, the Emerald Nightmare, is all old god related. The only thing, I guess, Sargeras is involved because Sargeras is the dude who kicked in the front door and made all this possible. Kind but, of a little but bit. Not really anything to do with the Emerald Nightmare. Yeah, so. and as far as balanced druids go, I mean, sun and moon. It's a balanced druid thing. You need the sun in order to grow things, so it's part of nature. And you I'm need pretty sure that's because kinda... things will die if you don't. If you don't have the night, Day and night yeah. balance of nature. In terms of, in terms of the lore, th- there is there is no specific druid lore behind the thing. They no. just needed a spec, and it was a cool mechanic, and they went with it. Keep in mind that back back in the day when they first came up with druids in, in World of Warcraft, they had three specs. They had feral, which was both tanking and DPS as animal forms. They had resto, which back then was you standing around because you don't even think they had tree form. Uh, not back in the original. Yeah, you played a druid back then. You didn't have tree form, did you? Wait, when? You played uh, a druid in vanilla, vanilla. Life. Yeah, that was my very first character. You didn't have tree form, did you? Because you were no, healing. No, no, we didn't have trees. No, trees oh. came later. So originally, it was you. You had the form there were no druids. trees, and there were no moonkin. Yeah, you had form druids. You had the, who were like the ones who turned into bears and cats. That was one tree. Yeah. That, that covered everything. Then you had Resto, which was, you know, I stand around and heal people. Then you had Balance, which was <laughs> I zap people. <laughs> the, fun, the, the thing about Resto was, like, Resto Druids 
people wanted resto druids for one thing and one thing only. They wanted them to dump all of their talent points into resto because that last talent on there was innervate. And they wanted innervate specifically so you could cast it on the priests and the other people who could really heal. Yeah. You were never allowed to use innervate on yourself. You, you, you were a resto druid so that you could cast innervate on other people and maybe sometimes do a healing touch. Maybe. Vanilla was weird. Yeah, vanilla druids was- in particular, early druids were really weird. Yeah, and it was basically just it was a it was a case of basically needing a third spec. That's right. why balance and exists. and in early vanilla balance wasn't even like you didn't play balance. Balance was one of those specs where it was like a caster thing. Go play a mage. Go play a warlock. Don't play a druid because they never had really the DPS to kind of like compete at all. It was all Moonfire and Wrath, and that was. It was all Moonfire and Wrath, and in order to successfully do it and do any kind of competitive damage, you had to forego the leather gear and put on cloth. And let me tell you, the mages and the warlocks did not want to give up their cloth gear to some druid just so that they could sit there and pretend to be a mage. That just didn't happen, right? It wasn't until later that that was all kind of developed and they got their own thing and then we got spell leather and we got all this other stuff. But yeah, back in the beginning, druids were really strange. It wasn't just druids, but yeah, it was a lot of classes. Like people today look at paladins and think of them as near close to near perfection as tanks. The only thing paladins did back <laughs> in the day was bots. stand outside of combat and res people. And buff bots. They cast yeah. buffs every five minutes. They cast yeah. a buff. <laughs> So that was basically it for paladins. Um, you know, if you didn't tank on a warrior, no, you tanked on a warrior. Even yeah, if you were a DPS warrior, did. you were a DPS warrior. No, we're going to need a tank for this fight. So the get, reason slap a shield that you on. were a DPS warrior was so that you could do something on the fights where you weren't actively tanking because we weren't on a tank fight that needed like four tanks, five tanks. I raid had one exception to this. Yeah, I don't know how he did it. As a fury warrior, every single fight in the game. He out DPS absolutely everybody else by a wide margin, and we never had him tank. Because making him tank would have been like a ten percent DPS hit on our forty man raid. Wow, well, it, was, it wasn't impossible. I mean, I knew that we had a DPS warrior in our raid who was incredibly good, but there were still fights like you know four horsemen where you needed eight freaking tanks. You needed so many tanks. Yeah. There was fights like going through Blackwing, you know, going through a Blackwing lair. There were certain trash pulls where you seriously needed as many tanks as you could get. Uh, yeah. I remember I see here's the thing is when I was in back in, in those days and we should get on to the next question onto this but <laughs> I like back, how we're all, back in the day yeah, in our ro- on our rocking chairs. Yeah, see I tuned out for the lore stuff and then I yeah. started paying attention. I was like, they're not talking about lore. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, we just did that to mess with you. Anyway, what I remember because one of the the biggest things that happened to us was the sulfurus, the eye of sulfurus dropped. Oh yeah. And after some discussion I got it. Nice. And so once I had the Eye of Sulphuros, they were like, okay, you can't tank anymore. You you have the Eye of Sulphuros. You're going to have a Sulphuros. You can't tank. You have to DPS. Yeah. I was like, okay, th- this isn't a problem. And so basically what, had, what ended up happening was there was only times I had to tank were on trash poles. Because yeah. going up and – once you go past the suppression room and you killed Broodlord, that room you needed as many tanks as you could get. We yeah. had one of our druid healers go bare. 
That's how many tanks we needed because they were everywhere throwing dynamite at people and casting. It was like, seriously, it was just, ah, get some tanks in. Yeah, druids did not tank at that point in time. I remember in my vanilla guild, we, for one, one night, just for giggles, we had one of our druids tank, um, Geddon. He, he ran in and he tanked Geddon. And he tanked Geddon successfully for about a minute and a half before he got splattered in bear form. <laughs> and he had stacked so much stamina and everything else. And yeah, it did not work. It did not work at all. All right. Next part of the next question here is I also have a question about the Lost Vikings, Blackthorn, and Rock and Roll Racing. The Lost Vikings had the Swamps of Sorrow as an area to play through, as well as a portal spell that required reagents. Uh, Blackthorn had races that are very similar to WoW races, such as the Eekers, similar to Old Gods, uh, Gragor, similar to Goblins, Warlocks, similar to the Eridar, with a big bad known as the Sarlacc, reminiscent of of Sargras, who was a former shaman, hence Warlock, attempting to control the rock beasts, earth-type elementals, by using an artifact known as the Darkstone which stands in direct contrast to the Lightstone, which channels light as opposed to the Void-like Darkstone. And Blackthorn, Zen, I can't even, Zendralite crystals are used by channel and, you know, enhanced power, which is very similar to how Atomile and Kedarin crystals work. <laughs> and finally, Rock and Roll Racing contains the <laughs> Infernians, who look like the Sarok, the, the, wow, the Pantereons, who look like the Tolvir, the Aurorans, who look like High Elves, and the Draconists, who look like Silithid. Are all of these connections just unintended creative artistic license? Are they just themes that play across the WoW universes, and do you think there's more to the design that Blizzard is willing to admit? I'm standing by the third, but I'm interested in your thoughts. Uh, Dreaming, I, I like you. I really is like Dreaming you. because just, like, screwing with me? These aren't real <laughs> things, right? I mean, this is just a bunch of words. <laughs> Poor Alex. Oh, Alex I be happy like with Dreaming here because Dreaming has obviously done their research. Yeah. In a the, big the way. The Kedarin, Zandralite, Pentarian. <laughs> what? <laughs> see, Alex, see, the problem we have here is that Alex would be very happy playing a game called World of Grey Box, where he just fights a series of grey boxes and doesn't have to think about what they are or what they're doing. Sure, but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, in all seriousness, I just think that these are fantasy tropes. You know what I mean? These are things. World of Warcraft and the Warcraft universe in, in total is just a huge grab bag of tropes. It's just it's like it's like taking Tolkienian fantasy and putting it in a blender with like some Metallica albums. Pretty much. And Blackthorn is that too, but with a modernish, with a kind of semi-moderny spin. And Lost Vikings is that, but with a more comedy spin. And I I'm gonna admit I've never actually gotten to play rock and roll racing. It was dude, fun. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I salute you that you know this much about rock and roll racing. I, I man, I'm I'm like I couldn't answer that part if I wanted to. I like I don't know anything. But I think just, in general think this is just tropes. Warcraft and Starcraft have the same story. Essentially, yeah. So every Blizzard game has essentially the same story cuz they use their favorite themes every single time over and over again. They have they have certain things that they enjoy drawing and they enjoy designing and they enjoy working with. And yes, those things tend to resonate between one IP and the next. 
it's certainly possible that you know some of the more obvious one, like the Swamps of Sorrow, that could certainly be a reference to WoW or to Warcraft because I don't think WoW it was. It might have yet. been a tongue-in-cheek reference because yeah, because yeah, like Warcraft one, I don't know, who knows? Really. I think I don't. I don't think Blackthorn is anything directly. No, it's not direct. It just happens to be from a similar well. No, like, I'm, I'm pretty positive the Sarlacc is probably much more related to Star Wars because there's an actual Sarlacc in that. If they're yeah. referencing anything, they're probably referencing that. Uh, oh, it's, but it's probably not even a reference to that. Yeah, I and as far it, as you know, rock and roll racing goes. I mean, you've got lizard people, cat people, elf people, bug people. They're yeah. aliens. It, yeah, it wasn't. There was nothing intentional about that. It's just you know these things come up again and again. Uh, it's just it's just the way it is. It's tropes. They get used over and over again. But you know, I, I gotta say, I am, I'm impressed with your in-depth knowledge of rock and roll racing, man. I salute you. That's that's, man, and and you almost broke Alex. If you asked one that more question, that is some research. That is some research. If you asked one more question, I think Alex would have like flipped his new standing desk and been like, "What?" The? I just walked out. I mean, okay, you know, I don't mind lore questions. I like reading about the story of games and stuff. But when you have this many like bullshit words one after the other <laughs> it really drives it home how stupid fantasy can be <laughs> these words and are just you ridiculous write, garbage you write this kind of stuff i do i'm gonna, I'm gonna write a review of alex's book that does this i'm gonna and honestly throw it. <laughs> if somebody came up to me and like listed a bunch of the crap you know made up words that i've used like one after the other i'd be like my god what am i doing i have to stop <laughs> I have to be stopped. Oh, God. Okay. Something must be done. Next question is from Alessander. Would you use a Blizzard version of Game Face HD to put your face on your WoW avatars? Oh, my God. No, I would not. Never. Suitably suitably Photoshopped to fit the Blizzard art style and skin tone of your your elf, orc, or, um, okay, maybe not your Tauren. Imagine the selfie cam with this feature. No. See, Alessander, here's the thing. I am what you like to call hideously ugly. I'm like, an ogre in real life. I am a repulsive thing of hair. And, and you know, like, have you ever seen the old Looney Tunes of the giant, like, abominable snowman who's like, and I will hug him and kiss him and call him? That's me. I look like that. I am this thing. And I would not show you this thing. One of the reasons I like playing video games is that I can look different than this thing, which is why I play werewolves. Wait, no. That doesn't actually work. But you get my point. Uh so no, no, absolutely. And oh man, I, I'm I am I'm a guy. If I were a woman, there is absolutely no chance I would put anything that even remotely has anything to do with what I look like out there, no matter what I looked like, because oh my god, I'm playing a gnome and I'm getting skeevy tells. Really? Yes. Wow! I, I was in Stormwind the other day, and someone was like, "Nice shirt," and they like invited me to do things. Wow! You know, I, I think I think people I think gnomes get more of that than anyone else. Yeah, like everybody else has it bad. Like everybody has it bad, but gnomes, the people who are into that, are aggressively into that. I just, I'm not getting, I, I, I'm not putting my face out there for that. Uh, you know, no way, no how. 
This is absolutely not. Something- I'd like to see your na- your face on the little teeny female gnome chick. Oh, That'd funny! That'd be funny. For me, no, because then when they flirt with you, you just turn around. <laughs> They're like, "Whoa, whoa, okay, yeah, never mind." I had a different. I thought you were no. Here's, here's <laughs> the thing: is, is I'm I'm even more terrified of the incredibly small percentage that would be like, "All right, I'm into that." Yeah, no, no, no. Besides that, you know, besides that, the whole game face HG thing. Now, with the game face thing, does it show your face to other people? Yeah, it's your face. Okay, I don't think that they could do that in the World of Warcraft engine and not like break everything. Yeah. I don't think that it has the kind of that kind of tech or that kind of tech capability to do something like that. But no, there is absolutely no way I would put my face on. No, no, that just wouldn't happen. I make I make trolls and, and undead people and things like that because I like the way that that aesthetic looks. I don't like if I want to look at myself, I'll just go look at a mirror. I'm, I'm gonna put it in game. I'm an ogre in real life. Go look at the ogre character model in game. That's me. I've been on a road trip with him. <laughs> so you can confirm that it's true. I don't think you're quite as 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 large as the ogres in game, but you do present quite the formidable figure. There you go, ogre in real life. <laughs> Alrighty, our last question that isn't going to disturb me thinking about all those tells I got while I was trying to level my mining the other day. Uh, this one is from uh, Gussieg. Yeah, Gussieg. I'm saying Gussieg is what I'm reading based Gussieg. on this presentation. What a strange Gis- name. Is it yeah, like? Welsh. It, it looks Welsh or, or Gaelic in general, but I don't I don't know by looking at it. Uh, if you want to tell if it's if it's Brythonic or Gaelic, go right ahead. I don't know. Uh, last minute question. Uh, just listen to last week's podcast. Now, Rathion, whereabouts yet unknown, could be Cadgar's puppet master. You suggested many times that Cadgar might not be the real Cadgar, acting really strange. But a number of personal traits that he's currently exhibiting are very much how Rathion behaves in in Mists of Pandaria, obsessed with power. Less than moral approaches, etc. Loving the show, would love to hear your input, uh, Gusieg. Um, by puppet master, do you mean he's he, he's controlling Kagar, or do you mean that that guy is Rathion? I don't think, I think that guy is Rathion, and I don't think that I I have a theory, but I'm not going to talk about my theory because I'm going to write about it this week for Know Your Lore. So th- this this week's Know Your Lore is going to be another. Uh oh, Anne's gone completely off the deep end again. Wait, However, this, the one you, this isn't the one you told me not to read. Is no, it? no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with Rathion. It has something to do with something else entirely. But it does have something to do with Cadgar. However, I'm wondering if we are going to see Rathion at some point. I think he kind of has to show up at some point because he did have some involvement in what's going on. And we're about to hit like what's going on is about to come to a head. And and I feel like he needs to be making an appearance here at some point. I don't know where. I don't know when. This is also why I think we're going to have some kind of 6.3 something. I don't know what. But I have a feeling that we we're going to see Rathion again at some point. Yeah. The only thing I can think of, the only thing that makes sense to me for any kind of 6.3 at this point would be the way that we had the, uh, Ruby Sanctum patch. Yeah. And it didn't really have anything to do with, with, uh, ICC and it didn't change ICC or move the story forward in any way. 
It just sort it of was said kind of a side story, and yeah. the Ruby Sanctum, the stuff that happened in the Ruby Sanctum, kind of played directly into what was going on in Cataclysm. Yeah, it was sort of like a. It was like a bridge. Yeah, it was setting up for what was going to happen. It was I a can, bridge, and I, I could can, see them doing a bridge something. Yeah, that can, that makes a little bit of sense. And I could I see just, them doing a bridge something and involving Rathion with it. My theory for why Cadgar and Rathion are displaying the same personality traits is. The same person who wrote Rathion's legendary quest chain wrote Khadgar's legendary quest chain, and they are similar quests. I think there's something else going on, but I'll talk about that on Friday. I have to be I, contrarian. I want it to be Khadgar. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know you so want it to be Khadgar. You just want it to be Khadgar because everybody thinks it isn't. <laughs> I gotta admit that I don't exactly. Be- I don't believe it's not Khadgar, but I'm, at the same time, I do wonder if it is Khadgar. While it's not Cadgar, I'll explain that at some point. But okay, that's pretty much it for emails. Um, we've covered pretty much what's going on. The big news this week, uh, namely the patch six point two, is tomorrow. And don't yeah, Heroes of the Storm. Their new PTR comes out. Is that tomorrow or is that next week? Yes, uh, uh, tomorrow. Well, if you're listening live tomorrow, if you're listening to this not live, then this week Tuesday, which yeah. is probably not. In the future, it is basically the past. we've just confused you very much. But there's a there's a Heroes of the Storm PTR, and you should check that out. Yeah, it's also got. I mean, there's a you should look on Blizzard Watch for the uh, article. Data mine PTR patch notes show hero nerfs and buffs by Daniel Halloran. That that pretty much explains kind of some of the stuff we know is coming out from the new PTR for Eternal there's Conflict. There's a bunch of stuff happening to Malfurion, so if you like playing Malfurion, you might want to go look at those. Keep in mind that they are data mine, they're not official. So, I think the Butcher will not be on the PTR, but the new Heaven and Hell map is on the PTR, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep. yep. So yeah, that's that's also happening this week, and that's basically it, I guess. Um, yeah. So... I guess this is the point where we stop the show. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, as always, I'm, I'm Matt, and I'm hosting. And with me, it's been Ann Stickney and Alex Zebart. Thank you guys both for being here, of course. Thank Alex, you for having do me. your spiel. Yeah, I do the spiel. spiel. Oh, and again, before, you, before Alex does his spiel, really quick, we just did a redesign on Blizzard Watch, so please go look at it and tell us what you think, because we'd love to hear from you. Now do your spiel. And Blizzard Watch is supported by the community, so if you'd like to support us and help us uh, produce our podcast and all of our content and everything we do, you can go to patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and uh, make a contribution if you would like to. And if not, that's cool too. <laughs>